Greetings, everyone. We are Bethel Lutheran Church, and this is our online worship experience. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Amy Beveridge, and I'm excited to be serving with our beautiful music team today on a weekend that kind of feels like a New Year's celebration. And I should say, by the way, that I am actually recording outdoors today in our neighborhood. So probably going to be bird noises, dog noises, some ambient car noise, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful morning. And this is the quietest place I can find today. Every year as the school year begins, we hold a blessing of the backpack service to send our students and teachers and school support staff into another cycle of learning and discovery. And today is that day. And this service here will feature a few elements of our Sunday celebration. I want to thank all our students who helped with their voices in this presentation. And I want to thank our families who are participating in our growing ministries. With that all said, let us settle ourselves to welcome the presence of the living God, to honor and worship and give thanksgiving, no matter where we may be in this moment. Let us come together now. Amen. Floody Lord told Noah there's gonna be a floody floody get those animals out of the muddy muddy children of the Lord the Lord told Noah to build him an arky arky Lord told Noah to build him an arky arky build it out of gopher barky barky children of the Lord. So rise and shine, and give God the glory, glory, rise 
and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory children of the Lord. The animals, the animals, they came in by twosies, twosies, animals. The animals, they came in by twosies, twosies, elephants and kangaroosies, roosies, children of the Lord. It rained and poured for forty daisies, daisies, rained and poured for forty daisies, daisies, almost drove those Animals crazy, crazy children of the Lord. So rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory children of the Lord. The sun came out and dried up the landy, landy sun came out and dried up the landy, landy. Everything was fine and dandy, dandy children of the Lord. So rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory children of the Lord. So rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory rise and shine and give God the glory, glory children of the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The love of God. The communion. The communion. Of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. Be with you all. church for the unity of all for this holy house for all who worship and praise let us pray to the lord let us pray to the lord Kyrie eleison on our world and on our way Kyrie That we may live out your impassioned response to the hungry and the poor. That we may live out truth and justice and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison on our world and on our way. Kyrie on every day 
peace in our hearts, for peace in our homes, for friends and family, for life and for love, for our work and our play. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison, on our world and on our way. Kyrie For your spirit to guide, that you center our lives in the water and the word. That you nourish our souls with your body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison, on our world and on our way. Let us pray. Blessed Lord God, you have given us the Holy Scriptures written for our nourishment as your people. Give us that we may hear them, read them, mark them, learn them, and inwardly digest them, that comforted by your promises, we may embrace and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, today we come to chapter 12 in Acts in our series with a special emphasis on Peter's last appearance in Scripture, unless, of course, you count his letters a little later in the New Testament. But in his journey, his jailbreak in this chapter is the last word on the events of his life. Now, to set this up, I want to begin by hearing from the prophet Isaiah, who foretold the ways in which the Messiah would interrupt our lives and restore the health of humanity. There are very specific ways in which Isaiah said God would reorient us in our faith. The lame will walk again, the blind will see, and the captives will be set free. In this preaching series, I probably have not emphasized enough the past. I've been pretty laser-focused on what the book of Acts might mean for us now. I've been focused on the future-oriented gifts of those disciples to the crises of our own day. And I've been focused on hope in a world we cannot yet perceive for ourselves and yet to which we commit our lives. Hearing from Isaiah shows us that the world of the early church evolved just how the prophets promised it would. So today we're going to take a moment to appreciate the coherence of the big picture in Scripture. Because think about this. We've seen in these chapters this summer the lame man walk at the beautiful gate. We saw the scales fall from the eyes of a man blinded by his rage and his zealotry in chapter 9. Today we witness a political prisoner released from captivity by the Holy Spirit. Even the eunuch story in chapter 8 is steeped in the prophecies of Isaiah, the way the temple is evolving out of its physical structure. It's there. It's all there, foretold. So as we hear these words presented by our high school youth group, many of whom are graduating this year, let us appreciate the fulfillment of God's word to us and the sturdiness of a covenant made with us long before New Testament times. Our words come to us from the Jesus Storybook Bible, my personal favorite of children's Bibles. 
A reading from Isaiah, Operation No More Tears. Dear little flock, you're all wandering away from me, like sheep in an open field. You have always been running away from me, and now you're lost. You can't find your way back. But I can't stop loving you. I will come to find you. So I am sending a shepherd to look after you and love you, to carry you home. He will be a king, but he won't live in a palace, and he won't have lots of money. He will be poor, and he will be a servant. But this king will heal the whole world. He will be a hero. He will fight for his people and rescue them from their enemies. But he won't have big armies, and he won't fight with swords. He will make the blind see. He will make the lame leap like deer. He will make everything the way it was always meant to be. But people will hate him, and they won't listen to him. He will be like a lamb. He will suffer and die. It's the secret rescue plan we made from the beginning of the world. It's the only way to get you back. But he won't stay dead. I will make him alive again. The Word of the Lord A reading from Psalm 112 Praise the Lord! Happy are those who fear the Lord! who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Amen. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. 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 So I want to continue a little bit with our gospel flashback here. I want to remind us of the first public preaching of Jesus. As you may recall in the Gospel of Luke, same writer as Acts, the very first thing Jesus did after he was baptized and tempted was go to the synagogue to teach. And when he did, he read this very scroll, that Isaiah scroll that we heard our high schoolers read, these very words to the worshipers uh, that day. Filled with the power of the Spirit, he said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And then he waited the controversy and the reaction to begin, which it did. When the early church started enacting these very miracles, just as much conflict followed. 
I'm going to read now from the passage of Acts when Peter is arrested very deliberately. I'm going to read this to emphasize some phrases that should sound familiar to you. They should feel familiar because how Peter breaks out of jail, it's awfully similar to how Jesus is crucified and resurrected. So let's listen now to Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. And just to interrupt, this is a different King Herod than the one we know from the Christmas story. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. And after he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. That very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrists. The angel said to him, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. He did so. And then he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realize that what was happening with the angel's help was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. And after they had passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. And they went outside and walked along the lane when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent this angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. And when he knocked at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate, and they said to her, you're out of your mind, but she insisted that it was so. They said, it is his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. He motioned to them with his hand to be silent and described for them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he added, tell this to James and to the believers. Then he left and went to another place. The word of the Lord. This morning, we're to keep things very simple. With our celebration of youth and children and the blessing of all those backpacks and with the baptism of one of our high school students who has been attending our youth group for the last five years, I just have a short message for you today, and the message really is just a close reading of Peter's last appearance in uh, this unfolding story of Acts. I should say now, if you're at home, you will get a lot more out of this if you have your Bible opened and with you to follow along in Acts 12. So take a look at all those ways that Peter's imprisonment echoes Jesus' own story. Now, first things first, when is this happening? Well, it's the festival of the unleavened bread. Yeah, Passover. And that night, Peter is bound in chains, sleeping between whom? Two other prisoners. And the Bible slows down to say exactly where he was positioned. He was in the middle, in the same position as Jesus was crucified between two criminals. Fasten your belts and put on your sandals. This is how Jesus spoke to the disciples. And this is how Jesus warned Peter it would be for him as a follower. 
And then a little further down, you have the angel appearing to guide Peter to his rescue. Angels were also at the crucifixion, so check that off our list. And then we have a scene so similar to Mary Magdalene's discovery. He knocks at the door of Mary, mother of Mark, and who should answer but a woman and a maid, so not the most credible of witnesses in those biblical days. And that is one of the Bible's favorite things to do, put the good news in a socially uncredible witness. You're out of your mind, they say. There is amazement, and there is a command to go and tell this to the other believers. That's how it closes, just as it does in the Gospel of Luke. Now, when you have a chance to go check out the resurrection in Luke, I I do encourage you, read them side by side. And the question we need to sit with now is why? Why does Luke do this? And I have to say, I experienced this as Peter's death and resurrection story. It coheres so closely, and it ends with this gorgeous and mysterious phrasing. Then Peter left and went to another place. That's it. That's the last we hear of him. Which place is that? He lives on in perpetuity forever in our Bibles and in our hearts. And that is pretty beautiful. And we must say in response, whatever was thrown at him, jail, torture, starvation, rejection, beatings, whatever happened to him in captivity, it was not enough to stop the mission of the Holy Spirit in this world. Even death itself could not end the life that needed to live. We say it on Easter. We say it now. And we say it for ourselves. And this is the other piece I want to hold. God is showing us that, again, as promised, our lives will conform to the shape of Jesus' own life on this earth. We, too, in the time of trial, when suffering takes hold of us, when death comes for us, none of us need fear. It was true of Jesus, and now we see it was true for his followers. And just wait to see what happens to Paul, by the way. This is the shape of Christian hope. We pass through death to the joy and amazement and wonder of all those who have loved us. Here I want to pick up a thread from Romans that lays out for us this unique shape of the life of faith. Remember what Paul describes in chapter 8 of Romans. He says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love us. It's a famous passage, who are called according to his purpose. And then this gets a little bit obscure in the language, but hear this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Right? So those whom he called, he also conformed us to be in the image of his son, to be in the image of God in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. So he says, not only did he give us the son, but he also shaped us to be in the image of the son so that we are all part of one family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now I'm going to rephrase all that in a normal person talk. And so hear this, hear the map of Christian life. As family members of Jesus, he chose us, he called us to follow him, he gave us the acceptance and grace and worthiness that we needed to live, and in that relationship, he glorifies us. That was Jesus, that was Peter, and that is us. And see, it's not just our lives that will conform to that shape that happens, right? It's not just conformity to a shape. But in God's glory, we are also transformed. These are just such immense, immense verses. 
Reminds me of a sermon that we heard from Pastor Russ Gordon a few years ago when he was talking about the purpose of our lives. And this this is going to be my last word for you today. He said that when you ask people about the meaning and desire of their lives, a lot of people will say this, I want to be better. I want to make the world a better place. I want to make a difference. Now that all sounds good, but here's the thing. Christians do not settle for that. We who love God and whom God loves, we want to be changed. We don't just want to be better. We want to be transformed. And in that life, we want to transform the world. We don't just want to make a difference. We want to change the world. He chooses us. He calls us to follow. He gives us the acceptance, grace, and worthiness we need to live. And in that relationship, he transforms us and the whole world. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. O God of justice and love, we give thanks to you that you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need, awaken us to the needs of others, and at the end, bring all the world to your feast. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God of justice and love, we give thanks to you that you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need, awaken us to the needs of others, and at the end bring all the world to your feast. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. O God, source of all goodness, we give you thanks for the gift of reason and the opportunity for education. Bless our schools that they may be places of learning and safety, where teachers challenge the minds and nurture the hearts of the students, and in mutuality, students challenge the minds and nurture the teachers. Grant that teachers and students may work together in this mutual respect and to find joy in the challenges of academic life. We pray this in the name of God. Amen. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a savior, the hope of nations. and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave So take me as you find me All my fears and failures I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. 
Singing for the glory of the risen. 